Most of us struggle at one time or another with fear about the future. All throughout the Bible, we see God calling us not to be afraid. When angels appear to people, it's a common response throughout the scripture to see angels tell people, do not be afraid. When the disciples were with Jesus and they saw him transfigured up on the mount, the message was, do not be afraid. When Joshua was called to lead the nation of Israel into the promised land, the Lord said, do not be afraid. And in the passage we're looking at today, a man named Abram, when God spoke to him, he said, fear not, fear not. He was about to reveal to Abram what he was going to do. And Abram would struggle to accept it and believe it. But you know, faith is what God desires from us. Faith is what God is seeking. And yet, if we're honest with ourselves, we've all had different times. We've, we've doubted. Perhaps we've doubted a specific promise, or we've doubted God's general direction for our lives. We've doubted some aspect of the future. Fear leads to doubt. John the Baptist was one of the boldest preachers in the Bible. When John the Baptist was out preaching, the Sadducees and the Pharisees came up on the banks of the Jordan, and John the Baptist looked up at them, and he said, Who warned you brood of vipers to flee the wrath to come? He was a bold preacher. When he saw Jesus coming toward him, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. At a time when people hadn't even come to consider whether Jesus was the Messiah, John the Baptist believed with all his heart that Jesus was the Lamb of God. And yet I think most of us have been in church for a while know that John the Baptist, when he was arrested and facing certain execution, he sent his disciples and he said, go and ask Jesus, are, are you the one or should we look? For another fear creates doubt in our lives and so this morning as we look at God speaking to Abram and giving him a promise that he called him to believe he encouraged him not to have fear but to believe and trust in his promises I want to encourage you this morning to think about your own life for God has made promises to us as well He's made promise to us all throughout the scripture of what lies ahead. But there's many reasons why we sometimes struggle to put our faith and hope in his promises. But this morning, as we look at Abram, and as we know the rest of the story, how God fulfilled everything that he promised to him, I want to encourage you to take God at his word. Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 through 6 is where we'll be today. Would you join me in standing as we read this together? Genesis chapter 15, beginning in verse 1. The Bible says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward will be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? 
For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside. And he said, look toward heaven and number the stars if you're able to number them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. Let's pray together. Father, help us to put our trust in your promises. Even when we haven't seen any results yet when we have no idea how you're going to accomplish them may our faith and our trust be in you for it's in your son's name that we pray amen you may be seated faith what does it mean to have faith well in in hebrews chapter one listen to this definition that the bible gives it says now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. It says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Abraham, he's not even yet Abraham. God had later changed his name to Abraham, which means father of many. He's still Abram here. And he has no children, none. His entire life, he has been barren. And yet God tells him that just as you can't count the stars in the night sky, he says, Abram, you're not going to be able to count how many descendants that you have. Abram had not yet realized any of this. He'd not seen anything. And yet, By verse 6, it tells us that he came to believe and trust God. This is what faith is. Faith is the conviction of things not seen. The things that we see before us, it doesn't take any faith to believe in them. In Hebrews 11, 6, just a few verses down from that definition of faith, it says, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Christianity, we call it the Christian faith because that's what it is. We put our faith in things that we can't see. We put our faith in a God that we can't touch. And we believe in promises that we've not yet realized. This is what faith is. And I think the thing that we see through Abram is that it's, it's difficult to believe in something that you can't see. This is the case of Abram. He, he is almost 100 years old. And he has no children. I, I, I've reached the age in life that whenever I hear that a friend is expecting, I'm like, what? Abram was, Abram was twice my age. 
and he's not had a child yet. You see, God was asking Abram to believe in something only God could do. It's what we call a miracle. Abram struggles to believe. But here's what I want us to understand this morning. Promises from God are realities not yet realized. Promises from God are realities not yet realized. I hadn't said anything to my family about the sermon today. And uh, my, one of my kids' favorite hobbies is making fun of me. I don't know if your kids do that or not. but So yesterday, this is family group text that went around. And uh, they sent a picture of a, a, a placard to go on a desk. And it said, and it said, ask mom. And they said, dad needs this for his desk. And then another one fired back and said, and he needs another one that says, I'm not making any promises. Because <laughs> as my kids grew up, I, that was a, a thing. I never meant for it to become a thing, but I, I, I tried to never promise them something that I couldn't keep. And as you know, there's a lot we're not in control of, isn't there? There's so much we can't control. And so uh, my kids would ask, can we do this? Can we do that? Can, can we get this? Can we get that? And I'd say, well, you know, we'll probably, you know, we'll see. I said, Dad, Tuesday night, can we, can we go with so-and-so? I said, well, we'll, we'll try. And so, uh, I, you know, I never, I never, I never, they said, well, we want to know for sure. And I said, I can't tell you for sure. Like somebody might die at the church. Uh, I might get sick. And there's just a lot could happen between now and Tuesday. I can't tell you for sure. And so they, so they always aggravated me about it. I just won't ever promise anything. And so I said, well, you know, I haven't broken any promises to you either, have I? A, you see, a promise is only as good as the promise maker. Think about that. A promise is only as good as the person making it. And you and I can make promises, and with all of our heart, we may have intentions to keep them. We may desire to keep that promise. We may plan to keep that promise. We might work to keep that promise, but we're not in control of everything. We're not all powerful, so there's no guarantee that we can keep any promise. But when God makes a promise... There are no unforeseen circumstances he was unaware of. There are no surprises. He's not going to get sick. He's not going to have an emergency meeting with the, the son and the spirit that he didn't realize he was going to need to have. I mean, he's, he's able to keep his promise. And so when an individual makes a promise it might be hopeful that it'll happen, but when God makes a promise, it's certain that it will happen. And so the Bible says, verse 1, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, I am your shield. Your reward will be very great. There's two promises that God makes here. He says, first, I am am your shield. God promised to protect Abram. 
If we were to back up a couple of chapters, we would see that Abram has just come through a battle. And he has defeated his enemy and he has survived. And God says in the context of Abram just coming out of this battle, he says, I will be your shield. And then he says, your reward will be very great. This is what Abram says in verse 2. But Abram says, oh Lord, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Do you know it's easy to become pessimistic when we become so focused on the present, we can't imagine the future. Think about what's happening here in this passage. God says to Abram, I'm going to reward you. And Abram, a mere man, says to God, what can you do for me? Have you thought about that? That's his response. Read it again. He says, Lord, what will you give me? He says, for I continue childless. Abram was a man of wealth. He was a man of means. He was a man of great prestige and respect. The Bible tells us that his wife was gorgeous. Abram had everything that the world had to offer, but he didn't have the thing that only God could give us, children. And as God says to Abram, he says, your reward will be very great. Abram has a promise from God that he's going to be blessed. But Abraham looks around. And he sees his wealth, and he sees all his servants, and he sees his wife, but there are no children. And Abraham, he says to God, what will you give me? Many times we, we can't see past the present to even imagine a better future. The present often has the power to make us frustrated discouraged, and even bitter. In fact, as we look into the future, often our future looks bleak if we leave God out of our calculations. And so Abram says in verse 3, and Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. So Abram has already determined what his future is going to be. He's decided that he's going to have no heir. And you can't blame him. He's 100 years old. And so and no, nobody can naturally have children at this age. So, so everything that Abram is thinking is perfectly logical and reasonable if there was no God. But Abram has completely left God out of the equation as he has calculated his future. Do you know only God knows what our future is going to be? Only God. Well, we often sit and we look at our present circumstances and we can, we can easily think ourselves into depression. Did you ever uh, watch the news or read the news and just feel worse? 
we see what's going on in the world and we think there, there's really there's really no hope no hope of things ever getting better and progressing from where they are and that that might be true for a particular country might be true for the state of the world sometimes we look at our own situation maybe it's our health we think I, i'm not i'm not going to get any better i'm just deteriorating and that that might be true that may be true But the thing that we need to remember is that we're not alone. There's a God who exists and who loves us. So we look at the state of the world, and it may not be getting any better, but the good news is this world is not our home. He's prepared a place for us. We look at our body, and we may be aging, and things may not be getting any younger and working any better. But Jesus said one day we're going to have a resurrection body. Revelation 21, that beautiful promise, describes what heaven is going to be like, a place of no more crying and no more mourning, no more death, for the former things have passed away. You see, if we look into our future and we try to calculate where we're headed without ever factoring into what God might do in our lives, it can look bleak. It can lead us to discouragement and fear. And fear leads to doubt. So Abram has a promise from God. But he struggles to see past the present to embrace this promised future. And so God reassures him. God gives us reassurances as well to bolster our faith. God is so kind and so compassionate, and he knows what we need. And so in verse 4, listen to what it says as God speaks to Abram. It says, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him. That's the same thing it says in verse 1, that the word of the Lord came to Abram, and now the word of the Lord comes again. God speaks to him. And he says, this man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. Throughout the Bible, we, we see God speaking to people in different ways. We know there are times that God just spoke in an audible voice to people. And they, they, they literally heard the voice of God. This happened at Jesus' uh, baptism. It happened on the Mount of Transfiguration. When Saul was on the road to Damascus, he, he heard the voice of Jesus audibly, the risen Lord. And throughout the Old Testament, we find God speaking to people. But just because God has not spoken to you audibly does not mean that God has not spoken to you. The book of Hebrews chapter 1, here's how that book opens it says in verse 1, long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. The Bible says that at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. Throughout history, God was speaking in different ways leading up to the revelation of his son. 
And today we have that revelation recorded in inspired scripture that we can read and God can speak to us. And so just like Abram, we have promises from God. Promises not from man. Promises not from a great theologian. Promises not from an eloquent preacher. But promises directly from God. He's promised us hope and a future. He's promised us that he's creating a place for us. And that one day he's going to return and receive us and take us to that place. And listen to what John the Apostle would record, 1 John 2.25. It says, and this is the promise that he made to us, eternal life. Eternal life. Abram heard the promise of God, but he struggled to believe it. So God reassures him. He says, this man shall not be your heir. You can look at your aging body and you can think, I'll never be young again. I'll never feel good again. I'll never have energy again. You could talk yourself into a depression. But I want you to hear the promise of God. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, though he dies, yet shall he live. The Bible says that what we're to become has not yet been revealed but we know that we shall have a body like his our future is glorious not because of something that we can accomplish but because of what god has promised abraham looked around he said i don't even have a i don't even have a son not one single son so so this servant that lives in my house is going to be my heir and God says, that's not going to be your heir. I'm going to give you a son. You see, God spoke to Abram with certainty about his future. In verse 14, he says, this man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. When we think about the future, there's really, uh, there's really nothing that you and I can be certain about apart from the promises of God. If you and I could predict the future, we could become wealthy, we would become famous. But the most brilliant minds in history have struggled to predict where culture and technology and innovation was going. But God, he gives us certainty about our future. The hope that we have is not a wish that we might receive eternal life, but a certainty. John said, these things have I written unto you that you may know that you have eternal life.
This is the promise of God. And he reiterates it over and over again throughout Scripture so that you and I could live without fear, could live without frustration, could live without doubt, that we might believe the promise of God. When God promises us something, it's absolutely certain. Verse 5, I want you to notice what God says to Abram. He brought him outside and he said, look toward heaven and number the stars if you are able to number them. And then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. You know, when we read throughout Scripture, God's promises often surpass our imagination. Abram says, God, I don't even have a, I don't even have a child. One, I don't even have a child. And God said, you're going to have so many descendants, you couldn't count them. And think about that today. In Israel today, there are millions of Abram's descendants inhabiting that land that God promised them. Sometimes it's hard to figure out how God He's going to accomplish his promises. But we look through history. We look through the Bible. He's never failed or fallen short. God promised Abram descendants. He would later promise them a land. And even to this day, God has fulfilled that promise. Some of you here today were alive before World War II. You remember the Holocaust. Some in this room fought in World War II. Prior to that time, who could imagine modern day Israel? That the promise made to Abram that he would have many descendants and that they would dwell in this land. Who could have thought how that could have been a reality? And yet today, here we are with God's people dwelling in the land that he promised them. Maybe you're at a point in your life that that you're struggling to understand how God could fulfill his promises to you. The promise of God is certain. Because of who God is. And oftentimes God promises things that we can't even fully understand or comprehend. When God wanted, when Abram wanted a child, one, God said, your offspring are going to be so great that you can't number them. You see, in verse 6, notice what Abram did. And he believed the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness and he believed the lord and he counted it to him as righteousness belief is what god is seeking belief god wants us to believe and trust in him and people in the old testament like abram people in the old testament were saved just like people in the New Testament were saved, just like people today are saved. They were always saved 
through faith. In the Old Testament, they didn't have the advantage of knowing exactly how God was going to accomplish this redemption, but they believed and they put their trust in God. Today in the New Testament era, we can look back and we know the story of the cross and what Jesus did. But we're still saved the same way, by having faith. The Bible in Romans would describe this faith in Abram's life. It says in Romans 4.18, In hope he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations. As he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. This is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him, who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, and who delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Today, I want to encourage you to believe in the promise of God. He is able to fulfill every promise that he has made. He is able to give you forgiveness of sin. He is able to give you eternal life. He is able to lead you through death. He is able to provide an eternal home for you. And he's promised it to all of us if only we would believe. You and I cannot accomplish this. We cannot attain it. We cannot earn it. We cannot find our own way. But if we will merely believe, God, just like Abram, will credit that belief to us as righteousness. Jesus died so that you could have eternal life. I encourage you today to believe and to trust in him. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you that today we have a hope beyond our imagination. Abram could not see all that you would do through him. And Lord, neither can we see nor understand all that you have in store for us. But help us to believe. Help us to have faith. Lord, I pray today for the person that's paralyzed by fear because they're fixed on the present. May we believe in your promises for our future. For it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Today as we sing, I want to invite you to respond to the Lord. Would you search your heart? Maybe you're at a place like John the Baptist. John the Baptist had been a believer all of his life. He had faithfully served the Lord. But in the end, fear brought doubt into his life. Maybe that's where you are today. Would you just pray and say, Lord, reassure me, bolster my faith that I might believe and trust in you. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. If we are to seek him, 
then we must put our faith and our trust in him. Let's stand together as we sing.